What's most important, I think, is just protecting the investment of the customer, right? When we speak to these customers, they want to know, look, I'm putting my, my heart and soul, I'm putting my money, my career, my family, I'm putting everything in the back burner to focus on these certifications. They want to hear what we're doing to protect that integrity. Exam dumps don't give you the knowledge that you need to do the job that you're applying for, or the job that you show up to it, you know, Monday morning to work because that material sometimes is incorrect. That was Cisco Certification Security Investigations and Enforcements Program Manager, Brent Morris, and Cisco Exam Security Operations Project Manager, Brent Hill. On this episode of the Cisco Learning Network podcast, hear from both Brents as they discuss why it's so important to protect the integrity of the examination process for Cisco certifications. Brent and Brent speak with Cisco Learning Network Community Manager Rigo Villa about the best practices of safeguarding certification exams, as well as how the initiative evolved and some of the many reasons why Cisco cares about ensuring that the integrity of the certification exams we provide remain protected. We wanted to focus on this specific topic because there are tips in this episode on how to avoid making the mistake of unconscious cheating, and also what to do if you think you've spotted fraudulent activity in your own exam-taking experience. Ensuring the integrity of the certification exams is so important because it protects the program that so many individuals have entrusted their time, money, and careers with, among many other reasons that we'll get to in this episode. But first, Brent Hill and Brent Morris introduce themselves and talk a little bit about what their roles entail at Cisco. My name is Brent Hill. I'm the Exam Protections and Security Operations Manager. I handle all things related to website misconduct, infringement, trademark notices, copyright registrations, and strategic and tactical work. I used to work with the certification customer support team, but I would always get the support cases that were related to security. I never know where they went, what happened with them, so one day I decided to ping that manager and ask her like, what's going on with these security cases that you guys get? And we had a short conversation about, you know, where they go, what she does with those. And then maybe about a year or two later, she pinged me and was like asking me if I was interested in joining the security team. And I said, yes. And and so I stuck with it. It's fun. Okay. I'm the other Brent. So I'm uh, Brent <laughs> Morris. There's two Brents on the security team. That can be confusing. As part of the security team, I'm the security investigations enforcement project manager. So what I'm focused on is mostly the investigations that come in to our tip line. We got a tip line. We'll talk about that later. Just doing investigations from there. What kind of tips come into us? It could be internal. It could be external. I'm the one who's handing out the enforcements. So if you hear from me directly, probably not a good thing. I'm the one who's giving the bans, the suspensions. I'm doing the candidate appeals. So I focus on that as far as our security team. I'm focusing on the actually the enforcement sides of things. And that's not just for candidates, it's just for testing centers, it's for websites, all the enforcements together. So I so I'm the bad guy. I'm the real bad guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so as far as the security role, I came from customer service, same as Brent Hill. Back in 2012, I think, I joined the team. The reason I joined the team was it was a new challenge. You know, with customer service, every day was kind of the same. At the time, security was not as big as it is now. And it was a new challenge for us. We were a small team, and I've loved it ever since. Uh, It's definitely a challenge every day. It's something we focus on new avenues every day, and it's, it's really fun. It's cool. 
Before we jump into all the fun stuff, could you both maybe give a little bit of a backstory behind the learning and certifications team realizing that they needed to create a dedicated team for the protection of the Cisco certification exam integrity? This goes way, way, way back before I joined the team. But as I understand it, it was a joint effort with a couple of really cool people. I think Yusuf was a part of that too. Bren is referring to Yusuf Bahaji, who is the director of Cisco Certifications. And he's been on the show before, especially during the new certification portfolio release, if you'd like to go back and listen to a few episodes featuring him. They came across some candidates that were trying to cheat on an exam. I think the story goes it was cheat sheets or something, a test center, and they realized that they needed to expand security in a way that they weren't sure how to do, but they jumped into it and they needed a team for it. And they started on a one person team that kind of helped other people from other teams helped. And then it came more of a dedicated team and they hired another person to help home with them. And then it's been since then, I remember, I think the most people have been on that team is three people at one time. And myself was on that on at that time. Right now, going back maybe about 10, 15 years, it's been a two person team. But that's originally how it started. And now it's grown into something much, 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 much bigger. Mr. Morris, if, if there's anything you'd like to add. As far as exam security, I mean, we've come a long way since I've joined the team. You know, we're, we, we're constantly, you know, pulling back that layer of the onion and, and seeing more. The way I like to look at it, I categorize exam security in three different buckets. People that are always going to cheat. You've got people who will never cheat. And you have people that, depends on the circumstance. If they can't pass an exam, what they have to do, they don't understand what's right and what's wrong. So that's the group that we're focusing on. And I think that the more that we've communicated with these people through seminars that we've had and conferences we've been to, we've learned more and more about how important exam security is. And that's why it's continued to grow. That's why we have dedicated to make it better on a day-by-day -day basis, and that's kind of where it all started. Yeah, and now it's, the technology changes so quickly. We have to be on our P's and Q's. We have to be on the edge of everything because of technology and how it changes, because as soon as this technology changes, it kind of flows down to everything else. Everything with things that you buy or processes or routers, all those things, products. It still flows down into different things like exam security because those things change now. We have to make ourselves available to say, okay, look, these are the things or these are the products that they're using to cheat possibly or to go around not passing the exam using the material that they should be using. But that's the world we live in now. Awesome. Thank you both. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into exam security. We know that protecting the integrity of the Cisco certification program is super important to ensure that each candidate has a fair exam attempt. How would you describe certification integrity protection? What's most important, I think, is just protecting the investment of the customer, right? When we speak to these customers, they want to know, look, I'm putting my, my heart and soul, I'm putting my money, my career, my family, I'm putting everything in the back burner to focus on these certifications. They want to hear what we're doing to protect that integrity, you know, because if the value of the brand of the Cisco certification is depleted, right, or the value comes down, their investment that they have put into it is less right? That's what's so important. We've taken a, a step further and we'll talk about later in the podcast here about things that we've done to increase our security measures because we realize how important that is to protect that brand because that's the whole point of everything. It's not just our team, it's the customers, it's Cisco as a whole. It's just very important to hold that integrity. 
Yeah, I kind of think of it like multi-layered. The integrity protection starts with the exam delivery, and next it comes with you know exam creation or exam creation, then the delivery and the training, and then we have to protect the content and prevent outside entities, internet, social media from stealing that content. So every point of exam creation through delivery, security is a standpoint. Security should be integrated through all of that creation. I think sometimes it's misunderstood as protection happens after the exam delivered, but it's not. It starts at the very beginning and it works its way to the end of the life cycle. And our job is to protect that integrity of the content so that the material remains valid and protecting the interests of the candidates. They should never feel like the exam that they took doesn't have value or the certification that they received doesn't have value. Awesome. Thank you. Just as an add on to the first question, you know, how we're talking about certification, integrity, protection, how does Cisco show that they care about this program? I would say making sure that the candidates take their exams are qualified for the career that they're going into and that the value of their certifications remain trusted and verified. Keeping this standard confirms the candidate knowledge and the certification level. And I would say probably the support from other groups. When me and Brent walk into a room, we talk about, you know, hey, we need you guys' help to help us protect the integrity. They're always willing to help us to do what we need to do to make the security measures better. In our field, it's better to be proactive as possible rather than reactive. And sometimes, it, you know, having that support from other groups, we're able to do those things because of that. So that's really big. Yeah, we work with a lot of different groups. We work with the EPM team. They're great help. We work with the psychometric team, we work with the partner team, the Cisco Learning Network all the time. So having that support helps us do a better job at what we do. Awesome. Thank you. And, and you both do a great job. And now just jumping into some specifics. So for candidates out there who might not be familiar, or maybe they are somewhat familiar with the term, could you please explain a little bit what are exam brain dumps? And as a follow-up to that, how can exam dumps be potentially damaging to the integrity of the Cisco certifications as a whole? Okay, so brain dumps are when candidates attempt to remember content from their exam, then they dump that content on paper and then later reproduce it on message boards or they'll sell it to different websites and then websites will take that content and kind of crowdsource it and put it on a website for sale. Those are considered brain dumps is when you take content or try to remember it and then dump it on paper or try to reproduce it. There's two bullets in the NDA that speak directly to this type of behavior, and I'll just read those two. So, disseminate actual content in whole or in part by any means, including but not limited to web postings, formal or informal test preparation or discussion groups, chat rooms, reconstruction, through memorization study guides, and to seek and obtain unauthorized access to examination material. Over the years, we've had to be very meticulous about what's in our NDA and how can we can simplify what's in the NDA and make it fully transparent about what's being considered on misconduct and what are the consequences of violating the NDA. Brain dumps are only one type of misconduct that the bad actors commit. We have different incidents like cheat sheets or false score reports and things like that, but brain dumps are the fastest moving type of misconduct that we have going on. I think that the word in the NDA that we really want to use this platform, Rigo, and we talked about this too as far as exam security and what we're trying to get across in this podcast is the unauthorized content. We're talking about 
brain dumps. We're talking about dumps. We're, we're saying that people are online seeking out unauthorized content, right? They're trying to find the questions to the exams. You could be called prior knowledge, you could call it dumps, but we need to focus on what is considered, you know, an actual unauthorized question and using regular study material, like through Cisco, you know, content. We wanted to use this platform today to really, really try to explain that in doing that is considered a violation to the NDA that Brent just read. And that could mm -hmm. result into a lifetime ban or suspensions or having your exams invalidated if you pass them. The NDA or non-disclosure agreement that both Brents just referred to is a confidentiality agreement that each candidate must agree to as part of their participation in the Cisco certifications program, including the exam taking process. There is also a Pearson View confidentiality agreement that each candidate must sign, which provides details and best practices for the actual exam taking process. Things like, I will not take the following types of personal items into the testing room like cell phones, handheld computers, or other electronic devices. Links to both agreements can be found in the description of this episode. We're going to use this platform day to kind of discuss what is considered a dump and what's not. That's really important. The key thing to remember, if you didn't start at Cisco.com, it's not affiliated with Cisco. A lot of websites will go out there and say at the bottom of their website, uh, we're affiliated with, we work with Cisco and these are the dumps and these are this. If they say the word dumps, if they say the word past 100%, those are unauthorized access material. And if at any time you are found to be related to those websites or use that content, like Morris just said, you can get a lifetime ban or you can get your exam that we know that you were involved in with unvalidated. And that's something that I think a lot of candidates don't understand and it's cheating. Simply said, it's cheating. Exam dumps don't give you the knowledge that you need to do the job that you're applying for, the job that you show up to it, you know, Monday morning to work. Because that material sometimes is incorrect. It's not all correct. You can fail your exam by using that content. Not all of it is correct. You can also be bamboozled into spending money to buy content that's not even current or valid. And then you've spent money and you failed an exam and you've possibly gotten yourself into a position where you can be identified as someone who used stolen content to take an exam. That's not worth the risk. You need to know the material in order to pass the exam. So we want to encourage all candidates, all of our customers who are trying to become certified, start at cisco.com and work your way out from there. But if it's not from cisco.com, it's not authorized training material. Let me use this opportunity to kind of plug this too, that if you're listening to this session and you're saying, well, you know, I'm not sure if what I'm looking at is considered a, a dump or not. I'm just not sure. Like Brent said, if it's not Cisco, you're risking that. However, you always can contact our team directly. And this is the easiest right. sending an email to security-tipline at cisco.com. That email that Brent just mentioned and will continue to mention throughout this episode will also be available in the description of this episode. I'm repeating security-tipline at cisco.com and just say, hey guys, I, I found this website. It looks like it's great content. Can I use it for study material? Have you seen this website before? Can you just give me a heads up? We're on this tip line daily and we can get back to you as soon as possible. But, you know, we get those questions, too. So we want to encourage that more to people to reach out to us because a lot of people, they don't realize what they're doing is wrong. And that's what we're here for, to kind of paint that picture to say, yeah, it's OK to use this website or we recommend this better. It's as easy as sending an email to us. You know, our team can get back to you as pretty quickly. It can be confusing because sometimes people say, well, I didn't know I was using dumps. I was just trying to find information to pass my exam. 
that's all not to say that there aren't good training out there because <laughs> we ran across a YouTube page today. Both of us were reviewing something from a, a candidate that had appeal and he said he used this YouTube video to train and it was actually good content. It was actually legit. Yeah, it was breaking down the actual topologies for the CCNA and how to do it. So there is good content. It doesn't have to be Cisco to be good content. But it also can get you in trouble. So that's why I, I completely back what Morris is saying about, you know, contact us. It's just an email. Awesome. Thank you both. For those that, for some reason, you know, they come across this unauthorized material, what action should they take if they do identify it as a brain dump or they suspect that it could be a brain dump being offered at a certain website? So the uh, customer is being encouraged to reach out to the exam security tip line and report it, uh, express concerns, and then they'll be able to, uh, to help you out there. They can contact us for any of those reasons. If you feel like you run upon something that you're curious about, ask the question. If you've came upon something that you know is of stolen content, report it to us. Either way, we'll handle it that way, but that's the point of the alias altogether. I'll go ahead and throw this out there too. I mean, if you, if you come across a, a website that you're not sure about, if you come across a colleague that's maybe you think is doing something, violating the NDA, you know, contact us. It could be a lot of things. You know, if you just have a, just a simple question, anything secure related, we can get you to the right team if we can't answer that question. And this actually helps lead to my next question as well. What are some of the mitigation options available to Cisco once one of these brain dumps are reported? And what are some of the challenges to effectively mitigate violators? So if a candidate is involved in any misconduct, whether it be the distribution of exam content material or discovered to have used brain dumps, stolen material to pass an exam, actions can be taken against that candidate. One thing that we want candidates to understand is if they cheat by any means to pass a Cisco exam, that means you are not qualified to be Cisco certified. The education and training required for each Cisco exam is listed on Cisco.com page, Cisco.com page and Cisco exams page. The training material is there within Cisco.com. So there's authorized learning partners who's boot camps for training. There's Cisco Press. The options are there. It's not an easy short route to pass an exam. And I think when candidates come across the easy short route, that should alarm them. But to second part of your question is, is they can end up getting, not being able to test with Cisco ever again in the future. And I don't think if you're trying legit to become Cisco certified in this technical world that we're in and you need these certifications in order to get a job or do your job, that's not something worth risking because that can happen. And we consider cheating using exam dumps to pass an exam. For anybody out there who might be possibly considering using one of these cheat sources, saying maybe I think I'll take my chances, Mr. Hill, you, you kind of covered some of the consequences that, you know, they might not be able to test in the certification program. Again, you know, they are putting their Cisco certifications at, at serious risk. Anything else that you would advise a candidate about these consequences if they do take part in using these exam dumps? You'll be hearing from me 
and uh, that's not good. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, there's obviously different types of violations based on the different types of enforcements based on the violation that you that you did. But and we we can't talk about a lot of these, but we have a lot of things in place that we do, like security measures that we can be proactive and and find out that if people are cheating, if they use brain dumps, if they use a proxy tester, if they use you know, there's a lot of things. So we have these features, and we're getting pretty good. And I want to pat ourselves on the back, but we're getting pretty good to be able to catch these people. So just keep that in mind that, like I talked about before, we have support from other teams and we've got new initiatives in place. And what we're learning with online proctoring and how that's getting better, we're getting pretty good. So just keep that in mind and always realize that if you are called, all that hard work and money can be stripped away in one email. You could have 10 plus years in Cisco certifications and there's one exam you can't pass and you kind of cross that line to get you know, buy brain dump somewhere and it could all come crashing down. So just keep that in mind and we're probably going to catch you. Just, just keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think that a good way to say it is that our jobs is to protect the integrity of this content. We have to hold the line for every Cisco certified candidate. So our job is to have zero tolerance for cheaters and candidates who obtain certifications on false pretenses. So that's just where we stand on the exam security side of things. What would you say to somebody who might say, why are the consequences so severe? I say they have to be. Like I said before, we have to have a zero tolerance on cheating. If we don't have that in place, we know that our customers and our candidates won't respect the certification like they should. And the grand public won't respect the certification as they should. So we need to make sure that if there's someone out there trying to bypass learning the content and cheating, we need to hold that line for them. I think having them be severe, it should be the standard across all companies. It shouldn't be something that's a slap on the wrist because if it is a slap on the wrist, it only gets worse. It always will be a bigger thing. We have to protect the integrity of the exams and keep the bad actors out. The seriousness of these bans and suspensions really shows the community. What's most important is not a, really us focusing on the, I'm going to call them the bad guys, but it's actually showing that the people that are doing things the right way, they see that it helps us protect that integrity of our certification. I mean, it's like if somebody gets a job because they pass some Cisco certifications and they go to a job and they don't know the content, that company might say, okay, well, I'm going to stop hiring Cisco engineers. The importance of that it explains itself. Those companies will contact us. They will say to us, I feel like this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Does he actually have a certification or is there any suspicion around him and his exam? They'll contact us and they'll ask us if this person is even certified. Some people will go into a job and provide a fake cert certificate saying that they're certified and they're not certified. But when they show up to work, they don't know what they're doing. But those companies do contact us and ask us those specific questions. Awesome. Thank you both for addressing that. Next question, how would you say the Cisco certification exam security evolved throughout the program's history? When I first joined the team, exam security was kind of like, I think the way you used it was kind of the Wizard of Oz. Exam security was kind of behind the curtain. Like we were 10 plus years ago, exam security was more reactive. We may get a tip that somebody cheated or there's a website that's suspicious. Well, now we're doing things, we're being more proactive. We're trying to stop it before it happens. And as far as, you know, 10 plus years from where 
we started to where we are now is just a drastic difference with the security measures mm -hmm. we're taking. And, and that has to do with Cisco understanding the importance of protecting that brand and what we've done and the different initiatives we have, the different investigations we do, the different teams that we bring in to help us. Our collaboration with Pearson View, our third-party testing vendor. Pearson View, as Brent just mentioned, is a third-party exam vendor that offers exam testing locations that you can book your Cisco certification exam at. And with OnView, which is online testing for Cisco, you can take your exam online, on your schedule, and from your own home. Find out more at home.pearsonview.com slash Cisco slash OnView. Some of the things that we are able to do with them to catch the cheaters in the websites, it's night and day difference. And me and Brent go to conferences and we talk about this with testing security conferences, and Cisco is above and beyond, above everybody else and what we do. And I think that that speaks volume of, of kind of where we are to where we are now. It's really good to see. Yeah, I mean, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but as the technology changes, it gave bad actors access and the ability to conduct misconduct and steal content easier. So we have to evolve and be more sophisticated and specific about how we identify and catch the bad actors. The evolution of security is largely guided around technology and how it changes. We have to be just as smart as the bad actors when they're doing whatever they do. And sometimes we're on the late end of catching it, but it gives us an idea or a window into what they could be doing once we start going down this road of an investigation, which happens all the time. But we try to stay steady with it. And one of our consistent goals is to just stay on top of the sophistication of technology to make sure that we're catching these bad actors as soon as we can. Agreed. Thank you both. Just had one other question before we move on. How does the state of the integrity of Cisco certifications affect its participants? And who specifically would you say this initiative helps ensure the success of? I said a minute ago about how not only us taking actions against the bad guys, but it's actually showing the good guys of what we're doing to protect their investment, right? I think it goes back to that, to you know, having that community help us and protect you know it's not just us doing these initiatives it's candidates who reach out to us to say hey there's a website that's suspicious or can i use this content or this testing site seems little you know when i walked in there there was people recording or you know whatever so it's a collaborative you know working together as for the main goal right and what's the goal for us and the customer is to make sure that the cisco certification is ahead of all the it certifications right I and mean, that's what everybody wants right. that's holding that value so i think it's everybody working together is what's important right and it's not just cisco internal it's also the public we get a lot of stuff from them i mean there's a lot of stuff that comes in through us and they help out a lot but i think it's it's the conglomerate of Cisco internal, different teams that we've worked with, and Cisco external, our candidates, or our people who want to be certified. Perfect. Thank you both so much. And now we're going to dive into the Cisco exam-related policies, since uh, we know those are very, very important to the program. What specific points and facts would you like our listeners to know about exam policies that particularly protect the integrity of certifications? Review your exam policies page. Everything is there. It tells you with explicit detail what 
to expect when you go into a testing center. It tells you what to expect if you pass or fail. It tells you what happens after you pass the exam or what, even what happens after you fail the exam. It also tells you in detail what security policies can be violated if you are unaware of them. So I would say to every person, review your exam policy page. The exam policy page, which we will provide a link to in the description, provides all kind of important information about taking your Cisco certification exam. It goes into things like requirements, which include age requirements, confidentiality and agreement requirements, and also exam and testing policies like violations, retaking exams, and online testing. We also have a candidate's rights and responsibilities document that we have out there too. It's a lot of reading and we tried our best to simplify it. But if there's anything you're unsure about, use your candidate rights and responsibilities document. Use your exam policy pages. We've got a lot of information there and I think it's all simple and to the point. And this is what I'm going to say to everybody listening here is ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. A lot of things we see, a lot of tips that, that that we get are people just don't truly understand what they're doing is wrong. It's different cultures. It's a, you know, different countries. There's just, sometimes they might not look at it as cheating on exam. They're just looking for answers to pass it and make a better life. They don't look at it as cheating, right? So if you're not sure, send us an email or ask the proctor that you're doing the exam. Can I have a pencil? Can I have a piece of paper with me? Can somebody come into the room? Can I use this website? to study? Can I go to this training camp? If you're not sure, just ask the question. And I think a lot of people don't do that or they don't know how to contact us. So hey, I'll use that plug again. Security-tipline at cisco.com. Just contact us or even the Cisco customer support team or even the, the CLN message boards, Rigo, that you work with. You know, ask those questions there. Somebody will get us to our team. Just ask the questions so we can collaboratively work together to make sure that everything's secure and keep holding that value in the Cisco certification. Contact the Cisco certification support team. You have the ability to go online and open up a case, or you can contact them. I know they have phone numbers where you can reach them in different countries. Contact them and ask those questions to them. They can also go through the exam policies page with you and let you know what to expect. But in the moment of you taking an exam, there is nothing wrong with asking a question. I think sometimes people get intimidated by being in an exam room or being in a proctored exam at home sometimes that camera staring back at you or being in a room where it's quiet and there's other people testing can be really intimidating especially when you're going to pass an exam that you spent months taking it can be so intimidating that you're scared to ask a question in the midst of it so i would say in any opportunity you have to have a question in your home or in your testing center just ask the question perfect great advice thank you both and for the next question, how does Cisco handle protecting the integrity of the online testing exam? Huh, that's a multi-level question. <laughs> it starts with the creation of the exam, but it also starts also in the testing centers. It's also inside the proctor testing. It's also where it comes in with Brent and I. We protect the integrity and protect the exams so many different ways. I don't even know where to start. Let's say it starts at the testing center. So one of the things that the testing center does or during proctored viewing is they go through a number of steps in order for you to take the exam. You can't have a pen and paper. You can't have any devices on your person or near to you when you're taking an exam. So it starts there. And then the next part is when you leave your exam and then it's content out on the internet or on message boards. That's where we come into play. We scour the internet. We take tips and investigate 
a number of things that come our way. We have proactive reports that we run and analysis that we run to determine whether or not a candidate cheated on an exam. We yep. also do investigations when it comes to testing centers, which can lead down to so many different avenues. If a testing center is investigated for any reason, that can lead to a number of candidates being flagged. Yeah, as far as, you know, online testing, you know, when we talked about Rego, how we've come a long way, you know, we, Cisco first started online testing, I think April of 2020. So it's been a little bit over two years now. Pearson View has a dedicated security team that we work directly with, right? And we're on a weekly basis looking at how to make online testing more secure. And I'll be honest, when me and Brent first heard that we're going to online testing, we're like, wow, that's our job just got interesting, right? Um, <laughs> so, you know, because like we talked about at the beginning of the call, the buckets of people, there's people who are always going to cheat. That's the people that, you know, we, we were we worried about. With that being said, we can't go into details and technical details and we can't show our hand, but there's things in place that are mind blowing as far as how we can protect the, the certifications through the online testing with, with our Pearson View vendor. There's the ways that we're doing new data forensics like Brent was talking about that we can catch you, you know, before or, you know, live while you're taking the exam. It's some really cool stuff we're working on. But like you said, it's only been live for 24 months. So we're still learning, but we're getting there. And I think eventually online testing will be really secure, but it's getting better. And we've got things in place. We've got some automation things in place. It's really exciting to see. It's just going to take some time. But as far as online testing, though, like another thing you were talking about, Brent, different ways you can do it. We also can see like if you have a screen sharing software running in the background, they can see that too. You think proxy testing and online testing? Well, you know, you can't do that anymore. So that's just one of the steps we're taking towards those security measures, which is really, really cool. Perfect. Thank you. And moving on to the next question, why would you say the confidentiality agreement is so important for certification exam testing? It is lengthy. <laughs> That's our NDA. It's important because it holds everybody accountable. I think that without that in place, we can't do what we do on a daily basis. We can't take enforcements on candidates. We can't protect the integrity of the exam. It is a single source of truth about how we run things at Cisco when it comes to exam security. So it's a very important document, it's a lengthy document. I think it's good for candidates to read it in their spare time, but it is a legal agreement and it sometimes can get a little legal jargon E kind of thing in there, but I would point people to skim that document, review it just so you know. Everybody does it. Everybody gets a new product, they get a new application, and the first thing they do is click, click, click through the agreements. Nobody reads the agreements, but I think when the stakes are high and you're taking a certification exam that's going to determine whether or not you become certified in order to have a career, I think some things you should pay attention to. And one of those things is the Cisco NDA, but also there's a candidate confidentiality agreement, there's the exam policies page, and there's a candidate agreement. Those three things I think are things that you should pay attention to. Just a quick note too, Rigo, is, is the NDA is protecting the customer, the good guy who's doing things the right way. It's, it's protecting him for the bad guys that we can take these enforcements against and hold that value of the Cisco certification. If we didn't have that, we couldn't take these type of enforcements and we can't go out through these websites that are selling our content. Without that, we can't do it. So it's, it's very important. Nice. Thank you both. One final question 
for both of you before we wrap up our session for today. How does protecting the integrity of the Cisco certifications preserve and shape this program's future? It's kind of a, a combination of all the things we've talked about today. How it protects it is this, like we talked about, if everybody says, hey, it's easy to get your Cisco certification, you just got to go to regoscheatsites.com and you can get all your answers. If it's that easy, then if you own a company and you want to hire some engineers and they're like, well, I have a Cisco certification, it's not going to mean anything. So I think that's more important than anything is what we're doing. And like we talked about, I talked about just a minute ago, what we're doing to protect the online testing now and what we're doing to be more proactive. That's what's going to hold that value of the Cisco certification. I talked about earlier how Cisco, we have a two-person dedicated team that does this. There's not a lot of other IT companies that do that. What we're doing to end game goal to protect that over everybody else is what's so important. The future of the Cisco certification for it to continue to grow and for it to continue to be the number one certification to go after, we're going to have to do this. And I think everybody agrees with that too. Yeah. I second that. I think the value comes into us protecting it, us keeping it at the standard that it is now or making it even better. I mean, I think it's our job to hold that line for the EPMs who do all the work to create this content and make it relevant in our current climate. I mean, I think that all in itself and everything that Brent just mentioned is what's going to preserve it and shape the future going forward. I think that it's all important it's all going to change from today to tomorrow, but us being on top of it and the EPMs doing their magic on their side, creating this content is what's important. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for your time. Please keep doing what you're doing and keep up the great work with protecting the Cisco certification program. We really, really appreciate it. One more time. One more plug. Ask questions. If you need to contact us, security-tipline at cisco.com. There's never a stupid question. Help us help you and help us together protect the integrity of the Cisco certification. That's everybody's goal should be. That's it for our interview with Brent Hill and Brent Morris, who are leaders of the Cisco Certification Exam Security Program. If you'd like to learn more about Certification Exam Security, please either visit the links in the description of this episode or go to www.ciscolearningnetwork.com. There, you'll find all kinds of information about non-disclosure agreements, exam policies, resources about how to avoid cheating, and what to do if you suspect or notice someone who may be taking part in cheating on a Cisco certification exam. On the Cisco Learning Network, you can also find training videos, discussion forums, and an entire community that can help you prepare, not cheat, on your next certification exam. Please subscribe to the Cisco Learning Network podcast to hear more news about the Cisco certification portfolio and to hear other individual stories of how they used certifications to improve their careers and their lives. Thanks for listening.